What's up, guys? It's Reforming Slavics with your host, Tom Gondratuk. And, and Nick, that, that was a sweet intro, bro. Um, you know you know the, the phrase, uh, even the devil is God's devil? Uh, no. Seriously, you haven't heard it? You have heard of it. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, the idea that even the devil and his actions and everything he does is in the purview and full control of God himself. And like the best example of this is Job. And a lot of people would uh, have serious issues with the idea that Job was somehow plagued by the permission of God. Like God simply said, you know what? I'm going to let Satan do whatever he wants to Job except for destroying his actual life. You know, and this is literally contradict, like quite, quite literally contradictory to the idea that God would never permit or allow something evil or bad to happen to any of his kids or someone who delights in him, right? Because the start of the entire chapter is like, or the entire book is like Satan comes, comes to God. There's a meeting in the hosts of heaven and Satan's like, well, I walked all around the earth and God's like, so what did you find? And he says, well, I walked around the earth and there was none more righteous than Job. Yeah, Job's like, have you seen my servant Job? God, yeah, God is like, have you seen my servant Job? He's a he, he's a very good guy. <laughs> yeah, and Satan's response. And, yeah, like, he doesn't even have a response like, oh, he's a sinner, like, he's not a good guy. No, in the beginning it says that, in the very first uh, first verses, it says that he's an upright man, yeah, so, blameless, and uh, he abstains evil from and then he also sacrifices for his kids. Like he's he's the father figure and the head of his household that desires to please and honor God. Yeah. And then uh, the response of Satan's like, "Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put hedge around him, his house, and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he will curse you to your face." So who's stretching out his hand? God. God. Satan's speaking to God and says, you have blessed him with all his blessings, but stretch out your hand and touch all he has, and he will curse you to your face. That quotation is said by whom? Satan. The Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. So what does God do? God hands over all the possessions that Job has into yeah. Satan's hand. That seems very like, like if you described this scenario to a modern day evangelical or even you know evangelifish, it's like, hey, there's a conversation going on in heaven right now. And all the on all the ideas of prosperity and God putting a hedge around you, and that if you're God's child, there's absolutely nothing that's bad that God is gonna do to, you know, allow you to experience suffer or evil or sickness or like none of those, none of those tragedies are sent by God, and then you you would play a play a recorder or you click a video, and Satan and God are talking in this manner, their faith would be shattered. Like God specifically hands over all the possessions, all the blessing that Job has into Satan's hands. Yeah, I mean it's interesting that <clears throat> this was known as one of the earliest books in the Old Testament. Um, which is a cool thing because then it set a precedent for people not to make the same mistake that Job did later on. Like in the, if you look throughout the book, he makes it like God, 
put me in the court case. I've done nothing wrong. And so his assumption and the assumption of those people back in that day was that if you're righteous, then God will always protect you. That affliction and trials will never come. But this is like a straight up boom. This is a straight slam, slam down on prosperity teachers because this uh, straight up shows that like the God God allows these things in this world. Yeah, it's God's will that He prosper you, that He keeps you, but it, that doesn't that doesn't keep you away from the whole other thing of trials, tribulations. It says in this world you will suffer. You will like if Jesus suffered, how and He was the most blameless, most innocent person in the world. What is that? Why does it exclude you? Yeah, and and one more thing, I like the part where it talks about. Jesus, uh, I mean, God making a hedge or the devil to saying you've made a hedge around him just makes me think of over the hedge. <laughs> well, well, Satan's whole argument is like Job doesn't really worship you. He worships you because of your gifts. Yeah. Remove your gifts. He will curse you to your face. And God essentially is putting the faith that Job possesses on trial. He is putting Job through a fiery trial, right? He is allowing the enemy to throw his fiery darts into him and yeah. see and test the um, validity and the purity of Job's faith. I mean, that's that's what God did with Daniel. That's what he did with Peter, right? He let, let the devil sift him as wheat. Yeah, but there's a huge population of Christians who uh, categorically deny the disposition that God can possibly say anything in regards to the fact that I will send calamity I will send boils that rot your flesh like he did to Job. I will literally kill everyone in your family other than your wife. I will take away all your riches. God allowed Satan to do that. Did not only allow him, but said, go forth. And it's not evil that God can do that because it's literally his. God owns the earth. He owns every single person like he made them. He has the right to their life. If he wants to take the life, he's able to do that. He's the giver. And, and right, Job says, what does Job say? The he gives, yeah. He, he give. the Lord gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all these things, Job did not sin. Yeah. And so, and that's a complete contradiction to uh, teachers that would say that it was Job's fault. It was Job's fault that he caught a, he pretty much let fear in, right? Yeah, there is a, there is a theory or, or a, an idea that Job was afraid of the reason Job sacrificed because he was afraid. And then Job says, what I feared has happened to me. What I was afraid of um, besought me or uh, yeah. caught up with and me. So essentially. the idea is that the, the fear let the a door open for the enemy to come in and take away all this stuff. Right. So it was the enemy that took away all this stuff, not God. Yeah. And it was ultimately Job's fault because of the fear. Yeah. So essentially this hypothetical door, which I don't know how that works, but this door was opened to the devil himself. Well, just like opportunity. That's, yeah. That's what they mean. Opportunity to come in and to ravage and destroy his life. And in this view, because God is not in control, God can't do anything about it. Like God can't intervene in Job's calamity. He has to react. Because Job, yeah, because Job has to first allow God to intervene in his calamity. And not only that, but God did not foresee this. He has to react in order to make all things right. Because 
and God can't control yeah. the calamity because he has he has no ability to control evil. He's not in charge yeah. of evil, right? So they would say that God allowed these things, but only because Job allowed them first, right? And it's almost like the devil has more authority or more control than, than God, in a sense. But we see in Job that even the devil is God's devil, meaning that before the devil could accomplish anything, he approaches the throne and he asks for, even though... He asks for permission. He asks for permission, even though the devil is the one who is the enemy of our souls. He is the royal lion seeking whom he may devour. He is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. He can't do any of that unless God gives his stamp of approval, which may seem mind-blowing and fundamentally crazy to people who haven't you know, dove into God's scripture in regards to how he acts in this world. Yeah. And, and the, and the Lord even put borders, what Satan could do, right? He wasn't able to, uh, touch his health the first time. Mm-hmm. And then the second time he's like, all right, you could take his health because the Satan comes back and he's like, Oh, if you were to strike down his health, then that, but he's like, no, you, right. You can take his health, but you cannot kill him. You cannot yeah. take his life. And and um, so he's still putting up borders. Yeah, and and the whole idea is that uh, here in, in verse three, chapter two, he says, "And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that he is there none like that there is none like him on the earth, blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? He still holds fast his integrity, although you have incited me against him to destroy him with no reason." Yeah. So, like, if people were to say it was fear that caused it, but here it says, and in verse, like, the very first three verses, it says that he feared God. It doesn't say anything that he feared, you know, he feared um, losing his kids, so it was fear that caused the opportunity of the devil to attack. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that. It says that he turned away from evil. He was blameless. And the devil, he had no opportunity to attack him. Yeah, the whole story of Job is not about... Um, Job somehow losing faith or, or, or letting fear in. The whole story of Job is about a man who depended on the foundation of who God was to the point that where everything was stripped away, his foundation was still the Lord who delivers, the Lord who lives, the Lord who is up and holy, right? Yeah. It was it was The story of Job is a story of the testing of fire of faith that is upheld by god himself right god is the one who upholds job throughout all this yeah and job um you know at the, throughout this book he keeps on asking god for a trial and he's not asking for a trial because you know he wants to you know blame god or anything like this he wants a trial because he thinks that he's innocent yeah, he has to vindicate himself yeah and the mindset in that old testament view was oh you know just because you're righteous I mean, if you're righteous, then surely God will always protect you. Surely God will never allow these things to happen to you. And then once God actually shows up, Job is frightened. <laughs> Job is scared. He's like, I shut my mouth. I cover my mouth. I, I'm, I'm behold, not going to say anything else. And behold, then, I am small of accounts. What shall I answer? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not answer twice, but I will proceed no further. 
that's in <laughs> and, verse yeah. four, chapter 40. And then God's like, no, you listen to me. <laughs> and then he keeps on talking to him and he keeps on like showing him more and more of his majesty, more of his glory. And ultimately God shows him that he is in control, that he is, he controls the waves. He controls the ocean. He controls the sunrise. He controls Satan. Yeah. He controls everything. And that he is, is awesome. And that, Everything that he has, he eventually returns back to Job because he can. And that ultimately, um, one of the you know one of the things that teachers would uh, say, that pretty much, you know, say that it was Job's fault they lost all this stuff. They would say that oh, Job repented at the end, right? So he obviously had some kind of sin. Mm-hmm. But is does repenting always mean that? He was like always having sin. No, he repented of his desire to prove his righteousness before God. Yeah. And he recognized that it wasn't because of his righteousness that God blessed him. It was because of God's goodness that he blessed him. And it was the Lord's to give and the Lord's to take away. And this is this is like a great the story of Job really is impactful to people who are in suffering and trial and difficulty because you can say all you want that God is good and I will believe that God is good even in difficult times and trials. But when those trials actually come and your heart is crushed underneath the weight of sorrow and despair, there has to be this firm footing in regards to truth that cannot be shaken, right? Like there has to be something that you can stand on when there is nothing emotional about it. There's nothing feel good about it. There's nothing even remotely satisfactory about trusting in God. There, There is no, it is bitter. It is like, it is not only difficult, it is to the point of agony and disgust that you find yourself in, right? And at that point, you have to say, well, God is still the God of this universe. The devil is still God's devil. This circumstance is still ordained by him and him alone. And God is the author and the finisher of my faith. And this specific trial is ordained and accomplished by his hand in order that I may continue yeah. to trust in him. Yeah, and this was Job's last you know, response as he answered to the Lord. And he said, verse two of chapter 42 i know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted who is this that hides counsel without knowledge therefore i have uttered what i did not understand two things too wonderful for me which i did not know hear and i will speak i will question you and you make it known to me i have heard of the thing you by hearing of the ear but now my eyes see you therefore i despise myself and repent in dust and ashes and that was and here's uh, the Lord's response. After the Lord had spoken these things to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Themanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as as my servant Job has. Yeah. So ultimately, it wasn't Job's fault. Ultimately, God defends Job at the end. And ultimately, it's his friends that were talking about it about job you know they were accusing job that he had some kind of sin in his life that that must be why god is is opposing him which undermines the idea that god whenever something bad happens 
it must be because God is punishing. And you've heard these stories all your life, especially growing up in the Slavic community. That individual is sick or that individual is paralyzed. Oh, it must be because God is angry with something. And when a person or even ministers at points come and trying to pray for the person and discern what's going on, one of the points of conflict in regards to conversations like, well, I know you've repented of absolutely everything you could have thought of, but there might be some specific hidden subconscious uh, sin that you are not aware of for which God is punishing you for. And if you unlock or discover that and repent of it, God's anger and frustration through the act of this sin will, will, will be appeased. Or another version of that is, well, you are sick because you are lacking in faith and you were fearing something or the, the, the Satan of your soul, you know, it's actually the Satan, the devil. It is the Satan. Um, the accuser. The accuser, right? Has had a grip on you now and he has caused a sickness. And if you had more faith, oh, yeah, yeah. then you would be healed. That's terrible. Right? And we see throughout this entire time, like Job continues to not lose faith while he loses his, his entire family, all his business, like and his closest friends, yeah, who like, were accusing him the whole time. Like, yes, they were awesome because they came and consoled him, but then the rest of the chap, like literally like forty chapters, they're accusing him because he has some kind of hidden sin within him because he's done something wrong, which yeah. is what we kind of see and. Oftentimes in the Slavic community, they could be two extremes, right? Saying that God never sends sickness, that he can never judge a, a people like a, a nation or a country. But we've seen that throughout the Old Testament. We see that even in the New Testament, you know. But there could be another extreme to saying that God always is, there's something you're hidden in your life. There's always something that could be always, you know, your fault. Either way, it's kind of blaming you. It's kind of blaming you both times. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Like, where's the where's there no condemnation in Christ? Where's Where is there forgiveness where david says forgive me even in my hidden sins yeah where's the assurance that you don't need to confess absolutely every single sin that you've ever committed but you could surely say that christ i trust in you and you alone right and the 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 glorious thing about job is that he his faith was tested yeah and god sustained him and then god did never actually answer the reason why. Like Job never found out that there yeah. it was a conversation that we happened. Know. Like we know, but Job never found out that Satan and God had a conversation, and Satan had this idea, and this is why why the why question was never answered to Job. Job was satisfied with who God was. Yeah, God happened to Job in a whirlwind, and Job saw and he spoke with God and he recognized that. What was enough for Job was the recognition of who God was in all his glory and that he is the one who gives and takes away, that he is the sovereign ruler yeah. of, of his life. Because that's the question we have every time we're in sickness, every time we're struggling with something. We always ask God, why? Why this? Why that? Which is not the question we should be asking. We should be asking who? Who is God? Do we believe he is in control? That he can do anything, anything. He can do anything. And whether I'm in this sickness and it will pertain, he's going to get me through it. And if I don't get through it and I die, I'm going to be with him. And if he heals me, then he will heal me and I'll ask him to heal me. And he can heal me at this instant. Yeah, and if he doesn't, he does not want to. And it's not bad, right? There there have been, there have been 
I mean, thousands of saints who went to heaven these past couple of years from COVID, right? Yeah. And it was God's will for them to pass from that disease and sickness. He took them home. He went, took them to glory. Um, why did it do it in a specific way? Or why did he take that specific person? We don't know. But we can surely say that it is good and yeah. he is God. And that is the thing we should focus and um, hold to. And it's natural to ask God why. Um, but it's also a discipline that we in our lives always have to struggle to, uh, you know, practice yeah. to say that, Lord, even if I don't know why, allow me to trust in who you are. Yeah. And ultimately, we might not know the exact plan and purpose but we know why he's doing it is because this light and momentary affliction is working for us an eternal weight of glory right your mom might die your sister might get in an accident you might be a mother that loses a child but this is not meaningless this has a purpose this yeah. has a plan because god uses this evil for for his glory he used the most evil heinous thing the yeah john piper has a great sermon yeah. on that of his son and that is used for the worst evil in the world the crucifixion of jesus was used for the greatest glory the yeah. hope and the salvation of the whole world yeah the most evil act delivered us from an eternity in hell and that's kind of the culmination of even job yeah. job recognized that his righteousness did not lay in himself laid in the god who is righteous and that his faith was upheld by God himself, and that he did not need to ask the question of why as long as he knew his God.